We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators. Podcasts by educators. For more great content, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN. Follow the hashtag PrincipalPLN or at PrincipalPLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at PrincipalPLN.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Principal PLN. This is episode 78-ish, I think. Um, and our topic today is uh, we brought on Tony Sananis. So we're going to ask that question of how do you know when uh, you're ready to move on in from your principal role to something bigger and hopefully better for Tony. Uh, but before we get started, and Tony, you can jump in on this, um, how is everybody doing? What are you up to? We just had Ed Camp Leader. Maybe that's something to talk about. Yeah, we did. Ed Camp Leader was phenomenal. It always is, but this year we split it into, I think there were 44 different locations. Last year I think there were 11. And um, it was awesome. It was amazing. It was a day of learning. It was a day of new people at Ed Camps, which is always a fantastic thing. And um, we had a great time. What about you guys? Well, I miss that, like, we weren't together. I know. I did miss that. I mean, we were missing Spike last year, but Tony, Teresa, and I, you, we were all at the same place. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was a different feel this year. Um, I do think that, you know, the only downside was that piece, that there weren't, like, concentrated pockets of people together. But I think the upside was that you did have that localized sort of feeling, and it allowed you to really collaborate with, with colleagues. I was excited. I, uh, I had the opportunity to go with the team of administrators from our new district, from my new district, um, and so that was pretty cool. The superintendent came with us, the um, uh, elementary principals were there, the middle school principal was nice. It was a, it was a nice team and uh, the conversations kind of continued through email which was nice as well. So, 
That's awesome. Yeah, in South Jersey, um, Steve Santilli hosted it um, at his school. Uh, uh, we are Davies, hashtag, of course. Um, and I would say that the enrollment definitely was lower, I think, than last year. But, um, you know, it's, it's always one of those things. It's like, are you going to focus on the people who aren't there or the people who are there? And there's a lot of new people that were there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we also aren't that far from Philadelphia where, you know, Joe Mazza and Glenn had, you know, sort of a bigger thing going on there. But um, I think it does get that conversation going. Uh, sessions were good. And I just, I did, I just lurked and learned. You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't present anything. I didn't discuss anything. Uh, I just wanted to listen to see what, what was going on and talk with, talk with people. And, and like, like always, uh, connect with the people you know, from your PLN, you know, face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. So I brought back a gift from um, Ed Camp Leader. I had already read this. I got a special preview, but I actually got a copy of Hacking Leadership. Wow. Um, Joe was there. And Tony, just so you know, Joe now signs your name. Um, you, uh, I don't even want to know. He signed it in front of me, and it's signed from Joe and Tony. So right. <laughs> he has now become like your true partner, and signs really? your name let's, for you. Let's just be clear: it's not a part. It's not a partnership. It's, <laughs> it's Joe's world, and we all just kind of orbit it at times. I know. <laughs> I'm sure that as you guys are like writing together, you just yell at each other, like, "No, no, la la." No, no. One of us yells more than the other. I'll oh, let you figure out. We know who that is. <laughs> One of us has a little bit of a Napoleon complex, I think. Oh. Let's just say that Ed Camp leader here couldn't start until Joe came, and he was late. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now, welcome <laughs> to my world. No. <laughs> uh, you know what? All in all reality, to to be able to collaborate with with someone that you can genuinely call a best friend, who has mm -hmm. not only not only been through like professional journeys with you, but personal journeys and. Um, is, is pretty awesome, and it's a gift to, to be able to have, to have written that book with, with Joe, which just kind of came out of a conversation, um, you know, via Twitter with Mark Barnes, out of like a joke almost, like, hey, is anyone going to hack leadership? And Mark was like, yeah, you know what? Um, and just kind of evolved. Yeah, why don't you guys do it? And, um, and it, was, it was great. It was a fun time. So. And in all seriousness, it was a great, great book to read. I really enjoyed it. And I just discovered, well, I mean, didn't discover, but your website, I think it's hacklead.org. Yes. Like, yep. there is a wealth of resources <laughs> there that I want to explore. It's, it's um, a great site that I will say that Joe has worked really diligently on putting together. But um, one of the things that I love most about it is that um, visitors can contribute their own hack. Um, and, and, and sort of what they're, maybe even what they're struggling with, and we kind of are gathering that information in a Google form that people can then access um, to share ideas beyond just the 10 hacks that we wrote about in the book, which is pretty, pretty exciting as well. That's cool. So. Okay, yeah, so, so maybe should we get on with the show? Because we all have jobs to get to today. A lot of jobs, a lot of them. Um, so... Spike and Teresa, I'm just taking over. I hope you don't mind. Um, so I have known Tony working at Caniog forever, and you just exuberate how much you love your job and love being a principal, and we love being principals. Mm -hmm. And I have always thought, like, those superintendents were crazy. Why would you ever want to do that job? But you're, like, an assistant superintendent now? Mm -hmm. Yes. What, I... Like, what... What, 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 what? I want to ask, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> but maybe let's start with, tell us about what your new job is. <laughs> 
<laughs> my new job. No, the glory about starting your job is that you don't really know what your job is. So um, I'm still figuring that out. But so I am technically the assistant superintendent for curriculum and instruction in um, Plain Edge School District, which is on Long Island. Um, it's a school district of about 3,000 kids uh, with five schools, uh, three elementary, one middle school, one high school. And there are a couple of other assistant superintendents, one who oversees uh, human resources and technology, and one who oversees business. And we are all here to support the vision of uh, Dr. Selena, who is our superintendent. And so it's a pretty exciting opportunity. And in that it's a, it's, a, it's a small district, right? So it's not overwhelming. It's not like 8,000 schools and leaders and whatever. It's, it's a small group of people. And I will, in my time here, have the opportunity to collaborate not only with our leadership in the district, but with our teachers in the district and hopefully have enough contact with our kids in the district that the focus is always on our, our, our learning, our own professional learning, but on their learning as well and how we structure schools so that we really become focused more and more on learning than we do on teaching. Um, and so it was a hard decision to leave Kaniag. Kaniag was like, I th probably think the highlight of my career, um, which I'm okay with. And um, I, I made the decision to leave after a conversation with my dad. And my dad said to me, he said two things. He's like, you want to leave a job when A, you still love going to it, that when you wake up in the morning, there's still excitement about being there. And B, you're not leaving because other people want you to leave. You're leaving because you're doing it on your terms. And um, so he's like, can you answer yes to that, to both of those? And I could. Um, and so it seemed like the right decision to make at the time, and definitely still the right decision, I think. Uh, granted, I've only been here like four days, but, you know, it's all good. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's, that, that was the journey in the process, sort of. So, Tony, I, I just went through a similar type of transition, although it's, you know, more from like a, a smaller school to a larger school. And um, one of the things that helped me out was uh, reading that book, The First 90 Days, like, you know, coming up with some sort of, you know, entry plan and understanding the concept that, like, what got you there is not going to make you successful there. So can you talk to us a little bit about, like, what your um, game plan is um, as you enter this new space? Yeah, I think... Um... I think initially it is going to be focused on just building relationships with our with our leadership team, right, with the other assistant superintendents, with the with the principals, the assistant principals, and then eventually the teachers. I, I I guess I see my role as the person who gives everyone access to what they need, so we have the sort of optimal learning environment for kids, right? And so how do I make that happen? And I think I make that happen by getting a sense of what people need and what people perceive as our strengths and what people perceive as areas that they want to enhance. Um, so I see my, my initial game plan being a listener um, and, and, and being accessible um, to people who need to have a sounding board or whatever. And not so much about laying my vision over, um, you know, what's going on here, but figuring out ways that I can sort of maximize my skill set to enhance what's going on or to support what's going on. Um, so that, that's, I guess, if I, if I were to sort of define my entry plan, it would be to focus on that. And, and there are a couple of initiatives, you know, the Readers and Writers Workshop model is unfolding at the elementary level, so that's going to be a focal point. Uh, we have a one-to-one -one iPad initiative in the high school that, if I'm not mistaken, we're actually pulling back on. 
because we found that the kids were not using them, the teachers were not using them, and so kind of reevaluating where we're at with that, and then maybe redistributing those iPads to children at the younger level, which I think is one of those conversations we don't often hear about. And and I, I really I applaud our superintendent. He assessed the situation and saw that they were not being maximized, and so. Let's recalibrate. Let's let's rediscuss what's going on, and do we want to redefine how we're using them, or do we want to pull back? And you know, so I'm excited about just a couple of things that are that are at the top of the uh, agenda list. Hmm. Well, you just answered one of my questions. Was what are you most looking forward to? So maybe how about flip that? What are you most um, nervous about in this position, or um, worried about, or I don't know? I'm worried about. I'd be worried about the whole thing. But I'm worried about. I know. I, you're I think, better than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm worried most about two things. I'm worried about perceptions that people have of Tony Sinanis, the tweeter, blogger, you know, whatever. Um, I'm worried about that because I think, um, like, like you said, Spike, it's not like what made you successful somewhere else is going to necessarily, you know, apply here. Um, and I don't want people to think, you know, because we did, I don't know, Genius Hour, Canning Egg, that means that I'm going to come to the table and be like, we need to be doing Genius Hour here. Or vice versa, people come to me, how are we going to do Genius Hour? Well, like, I don't know. I don't know what the culture of the space is yet. I don't know what the, mm -hmm. you know, the areas of strength are. I don't know what resources we have available. And so that perception piece is something that I'm always sort of not struggling with, but always keeping in my mind. Um, and then just establishing new relationships and, and building trust with people around me. Um, I was at Canada for eight years. It's a long time, you know, and, and we're family. We were family. We are family. Um, so now I'm stepping into this new space where we're not family yet, you know, and it's kind of almost becoming part of a new blended family. And so how does that work, you know, and how do you make that work? So I think those are the two things that I'm most anxious about a little bit. That is the... Uh that is the the positive and negatives about having a digital footprint is that you know everybody can do their their research on you and I, I certainly went through that here because um, you know little things um, you know that we would do over at Bacon uh, yeah. I, like uh, workout Wednesdays right well you know let the teachers wear workout clothes on Wednesdays but that was a process that we got yeah. through and that's what I would say to everyone I'm like I, I can't just say okay everyone wear workout clothes on uh, on Wednesday, that was a part of a healthy school initiative. We we took really, uh, you know, tough decisions to you know to to get some things out of our school to implement some change, and it was a process. And um, you, I can't simply just come here and do that, you know, or or the technology piece as well. I think um, I think a lot of people here thought. You know, oh, he's going to come in here. It's all going to be about technology, and yes. I would purposely go through staff meetings where we would do, um, you know, activities that didn't involve um, uh, technology. That um, most of the um, the conversations that I had with people were not about technology. It was more about building relationships. Um, you know, and, and then even just sitting down with people one on one, I thought was very effective mm -hmm. to, to find out. You know, first off, who are you? You know, what do you do here? And then, what are some things that are going well, and what are some things that we can improve on? And um, that information gave me got that that gave me so much good information on what the climate and the culture was of the school, and had nothing to do with technology, tweeting, blogging, or anything like that. Right. No, I, I agree. And that and the tech piece is a whole other thing, right? Like people, <laughs> even in the first week here, people, I know you're really tech savvy. The irony of it all is I'm like the antithesis of someone who's tech savvy. I have no idea like 
what to do with anything. And I mean, I can send a tweet, and I can write a blog post, and I can tweet it out. But if you ask me to figure out why my microphone is not working on my Google Hangout, I have no idea. Or <laughs> like how I can switch the Wi-Fi. I, I don't know any of those things, you know. And so um, it has been sort of overcoming some of those, again, those perceptions. Um, and also, you know, and, and a really concrete example for me was um, when I interviewed with the board, and it was the final step in the process. And it, although it wasn't a formality, it was kind of, um, they asked me questions about my blog. And A, I was shocked that they had read it. And B, I was kind of surprised with the questions that they asked, like the things that they zoned, you know, zoomed in on and that they wanted to question. Not bad or good, just I was kind of like, oh, okay, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't really think of that, but let me, let me explain to you why I wrote that piece. Or, oh, no, you totally took that out of context. Let me give you the context for what I wrote there, um, which was a great conversation um, for me to have but not one that I was expecting. And so that digital footprint is large. I mean, I'm large, and I can't fit my pants, but that's a whole other story. But um, the, the, the digital footprint is, is larger than I realized. Um, and what you think is just, this is me being real. I'm tweeting about all the real things happening in my world. It leads to people perceiving things about you, not just sort of like, oh, I saw you did Genius Hour. Can you tell me about that? But it's like, oh, so you don't like homework, right? Because you wrote a blog post about rebranding homework, and you have, it's like, mm, wait, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's 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 kind of a very fine line where high levels of transparency, yes, build trust and stuff, but they also create perceptions that you have to sort of delicately navigate. And I think also, like when you when you find out what the organization's needs are and what are some of those, you know, what they call low hanging fruits. Yes. Some of the things that you are doing will fit perfectly in. Like you know, I, I did a weekly blog for five years over at Bacon. Um, they talked about communication, not getting their story told, these type of things. Okay, so it made perfect sense to continue doing something like that to highlight the things that are going on. Um, but I also found too that my social media use went down. You know, because I. You know, the, the last four months of the year, not only are they busy, crazy, and I've tripled the amount of teachers I have, tripled the amount of students I have, and you're, you know, you're you're looking at this like also from like more of a systemic level. You know, it required me to be a different type of leader, and it didn't always it didn't always translate into what I was doing before. You know, and um, Agreed. I think you have to be mindful of that too, because we always talk about, you know, Teresa, Jess, and I talk about, you know, that cycle of sacrifice and the cycle of renewal. Mm -hmm. And how do you, you know, when you, you're entering a new uh, organization, you're going through a huge cycle of sacrifice. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's it. And that's exactly it in a nutshell. But I'm excited to sacrifice. And I'm excited to um, have this opportunity. I think it's just that. It's also, uh, you know, the flip side to that is that here's an opportunity for me to kind of lean back a little bit and not have to be what I was at Canny Egg, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not I mean not be the principal versus being the assistant superintendent, but not leading that conversation about X, Y, and Z because I don't know X, Y, and Z yet, so I can't lead that conversation. So I'm excited about um, almost kind of taking a step back on some level, you know, and, and learning. Tony, I can't remember if you said this, but was there already somebody in this position before or did they create this position brand new? No, there was someone. His name was Todd, uh, Todd Winch, and he is an amazing guy. And he's moving on to a bigger district in in a similar position. Okay. Uh, and he has transitioned me beautifully. Um, but he was 
much like I was, like Kenny, I very, very much loved, and it was a positive situation. And so, him leaving was not like, yeah, he's leaving. Everyone was like, oh God, he's leaving. What are we going to do now? Um, but what has helped me, so the the flip side to some of those perceptions is that I think genuinely my positivity about the work that I do as an educator does come through online. And so I think people who have met me are like, oh my God, I love the you know the videos of your kids. Or so I think it, that's taken a little bit of the edge off in so much as. Oh, who's Tony going to be? Is he going to be like Todd, or you know, or is he going to be, or is he going to be the author of the Power of Branding? Who's going to come in here and tell you know, like yeah. you know, you, you could see me as a person if you go watch one of those videos or or you know whatever. Um, and so I think that has helped um, a little bit. Uh, but I am totally putting people over the edge because <laughs> I um I asked for my office to be painted, and I want to totally remove all the furniture around. Um, so, oh my God! You're gonna move the furniture. Move the cheese. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it hasn't been moved in like I think they said like 12 years. Like the stuff that I mean, it was moved to be painted, but it was always structured the same way. And yesterday I was like talking to the custodian. I was like, oh, I want to put the desk here, but and he was like, oh my God, we haven't moved that ever. And, right. and so I was like, oh wait, is that a bad thing? And he was like, no, no, it's not a bad thing. It's just we've never done that. And so even just that little thing, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, so. Just, it's just you know navigating this new territory. Okay, what color are the walls going to be? Probably, if you can see, and I don't know if you can see it, but you see the blue on this chair here. Oh yeah. That color. That's pretty. I can't show it to you because it's not done. I mean, it's down the hall. I could theoretically show you what's there, but it's only um, uh, one coat, and so it's not done yet. But it looks great already. And and you know, like I know it's stupid, right? And it's like superficial, and so and people will say, oh well, who cares what the office looks like? But if you're not comfortable in your space, that you're going to be spending more time in than your home, basically, um, it's just it impacts. I think it impacts emotional productivity, you know. And so I I I kind of was like being a little bit of a stickler for that. So um, that's the deal with my office. When I first got into my position um, as the principal, I had a I walked into the office. It was I think the one of the the parent group members called it like baby poop. Like, oh. It was like that like dark yellow brown color. It was horrid. That's what mine was. Yeah, it's it's awful. And I walked in and my office is so small. So it was like it and I didn't I didn't think that I could and she was like, you should paint it. And I went, oh, I can do that? Really? <laughs> yes. And so now I painted one of the walls white and the other two are this beautiful like bright blue. And yes. I love it. It's yeah. just, so, and even you know, parents come in and they'll sit down and they're like, oh, "This is, you know, I, I feel more comfortable just being in here." <laughs> it makes a difference. It makes a difference. It really does. So, Tony, when you think of this quote, uh, how, how do you respond now? When's the the last time you did something for the first time? <laughs> Yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah, I, that 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 was it. that's it, Spike. Like that really was why I felt like it was the right time to, to leave Kaniag. And and listen, there were a lot of firsts there's you know, I learned how to play the violin this year at Kaniag. I'd never done that. <laughs> right, that was like right. a dream come true. But let's look at the flip side of that. If the principal has that much time to learn how to play the violin, <laughs> like what's going on there? And it's because after eight years, the routines, you know what they are, you know what to anticipate, you know the personalities. And so you can maximize time in a different way. Here, you know, yesterday I had to figure out where the high school assistant principal's office was because I had a question for her 
And by the time I found it, she was gone, which is totally not her fault, but because it took me like 20 minutes to get there when it was really right across the hall. Um, but there's so many firsts in the first, you know, four days that it's been it's it's pretty exciting, you know. And I and I have to say that I go home and I talk to Felix. Felix is my partner, and I'm like, oh my god, I did this today, and I talked to this person today, and you know, and he's like, that's great, you know. And as much as I loved Candy Egg, um, that was that was it was just different, you know. So. Okay, so, okay, so I have a fun have question. A fun question. Oh. Hey, there's an echo. Do you hear me echo? No. Okay, yeah, that's you look beautiful, though, the voices so. in my head. Okay, <laughs> so shout out to Melinda Miller, who the day yes. before she's going to go back to work, she puts a picture on Facebook that's a screenshot of her multiple alarms set on her phone. <laughs> and I'll include this picture in the, in the show notes. Uh, I'll have to ask her permission first. Uh, <laughs> 4.30 a.m., exercise today, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> 5 o'clock, nope, wake up. Then, 5.30 a.m., wake up, you're the principal. So my question for you, what are your alarms in the morning, Tony, now that you're in this role? There's no alarm about exercise, <laughs> so that's not even on my, my list, although it needs to be on my list. Um, you know what? I'm a one alarm person. I hear it once and I jump out of bed. I don't snooze. I don't I don't like diddly daddle. I do I do get on Twitter. Actually I shouldn't say I jump right out of bed. I pick up my phone and I, I look at Twitter. So I have one alarm, but I do set it for about fifteen minutes earlier than I really actually need to be getting out of bed. So I have that time to just catch up on, on what's going on with my with my PLN but also in the news. Um, I like to leave the, the, the my house knowing three things. I like to know what's going on in the news. I like to know the weather. And I like to leave honestly with a smile on my face because I read some tweets that my friends have put out there. You know, like this happened in my world, or check out this. You know, this morning I saw Brad Gustafson. He tweeted something from his blog post um, about oh God five ways to connect with the community. I don't remember what it was, but I watched his little video. It totally made me smile um, because Brad is you know amazing. And so I start my day 15 minutes earlier than I need to, so I can get that sort of emotional deposit, if you will. So. You know, anyone who can wake up in the morning with just one alarm is my hero. <laughs> I can't wake up with an alarm and eight snoozes. So. <laughs> All, right. All right. Any, Any closing, closing words work? for the show before we close this up and work? I thank you all for doing the show and for sharing your brilliance with the world and your experiences because the principalship and educational leadership in itself is not easy and we're in a silo so much of the time that to have these cross conversations going, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you for including me. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Yeah, busy Assistant Superintendent. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not busy because I don't know what I'm doing, so it's all good. Um. <laughs> yeah, thanks again, Tony. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Spike. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Principal PLN out. Peace. Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at principalpln.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. 
Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.